are in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Uh, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, right now, it is 12.06. And thank you to uh, Jeff. We uh, we do have developing news. I want to go to that right now, President Biden is uh, addressing the nation. Here it is. It's a Friday in the summertime. And he is, in fact, taking uh, action regarding abortion. And I want to uh, bring it to you. He is speaking live uh right now and we want to go to um go to that live coverage of it let me um pull it up this way folks again bear with me and i know everyone uh, that is tuning in on facebook live uh but this is developing story this is <clears throat> this is um really remarkable that he's is doing this on this uh, Friday. Here we go. Deputy Attorney General Monaco, I want to talk about an executive order I'm signing to protect reproductive rights of women. In the aftermath of the Supreme Court's terrible, extreme, and I think so totally wrong-headed decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. In both formalized actions I announced uh, right after the, de- the decision, as well as adding new measures today. Let's be clear about something from the very start. This was not a decision driven by the Constitution. Let me say it again. This was not a decision driven by the Constitution. And despite what those justices and majority said, this was not a decision <clears throat> driven by history. You've all probably had a chance to read the decision and the dissent. The majority rattles off laws from the 19th century to support the idea that Roe was, historic, was a historic anomaly because states outlawed abortion in the 1880s toward the end. But that's just wrong. The truth is, today's Supreme Court majority, that is playing fast and loose with the facts, even 150 years ago, the common law and many state laws did not criminalize abortion early in pregnancy, which is very similar to the viability line drawn by Roe. But the Dobbs majority ignores that fact. And the Dobbs majority ignores that many laws are enacted to protect women at the time when they were dying from unsafe abortions. This is the horrific reality that Rose sought to end. The practice of medicine should not, should not be frozen in the 19th century. So what happened? The dissenting opinion says as clear as you can possibly say it. And here's the quote. Neither law nor facts nor attitudes have provided any new reason to reach a different result than Roe and Casey did. And that's has changed, excuse me, and all that's changed is this court, end of quote. All this changes this court. That wasn't about the Constitution or the law. It was about a deep, long-seeding antipathy toward Roe and the broader right to privacy. As the justice wrote in their dissent, and I quote, the majority has overruled Roe and Casey for one and only one reason, because it has always despised them, and now it has the votes to discard them, end of quote. So what we're witnessing wasn't a constitutional judgment. It was an exercise in raw political power. On the day the Dobbs decision came down, I immediately announced what I would do. But I also made it clear, based on the reasoning of the court, 
There is no constitutional right to choose. Only the way to, the only way to fulfill and restore that right for women in this country is by voting, by exercising the power at the ballot box. Let me explain. We need two additional pro-choice senators and a pro-choice House to codify Roe as federal law. Your vote can make that a reality. I know it's frustrating, and it made a lot of people very angry, but the truth is this. And it's not just me saying it, it's what the courts say. So what we're witnessing wasn't a constitutional judgment. It was an exercise in raw political power. On the day the Dobbs decision came down, I immediately announced what I would do. But I also made it clear, based on the reasoning of the court, there is no constitutional right to choose. Only the way to the only way to fulfill and restore that right for women in this country is by voting, by exercising the power at the ballot box. Let me explain. We need two additional pro-choice senators and a pro-choice House to codify Roe as federal law. Your vote can make that a reality. I know it's frustrating, and it made a lot of people very angry, but the truth is this, and it's not just me saying it, it's what the court said. When you read the decision, the court has made clear it will not protect the rights of women, period, period. After having made a decision based on a reading of a document that was frozen in time in the 1860s, when women didn't even have the right to vote, the court now, now, practically dares the women of America to go to the ballot box and restore the very rights they've just taken away. One of the most extraordinary parts of the decision, in my view, is the majority rights, and I quote, women, I'm just a quote now from the, the majority, women are not without electoral or political power. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or, or maybe precise, not and or or political power. That's another way of saying that you, the women of America, can determine the outcome of this issue. I don't think the court, or for that matter, the Republicans who for decades have pushed the extreme agenda, have a clue about the power of American women. But they're about to find out, in my view. It's my hope and strong belief that women will, in fact, turn out in record numbers to reclaim the rights that have taken from them by the court. And let me be clear. While I wish it had not come to this, this is the fastest route available. I'm just stating a basic fundamental notion. The fastest way to restore Roe is to pass a national law codifying Roe, which I will sign immediately upon its passage at my desk. And we can't wait. Extreme Republican governors, extreme Republican state legislators, and Republican extremists in the Congress overall, all of them have not only fought to take away the right, our rights, but they're now determined to go as far as they can. Now, the most extreme Republican governors and state legislators have taken the court's decision as a green light to impose some of the harshest and most restrictive laws seen in this country in a long time. These are the laws that not only put women's lives at risk, these are the laws that will cost lives. What we're witnessing is a giant step backwards in much of our country. Already, the bans are in effect in 13 states. Twelve additional states are likely to ban choice in the next coming in the coming weeks. 
In a number of these states, the laws are so extreme, they've raised the threat of criminal penalties for doctors and health care providers. They're so extreme that many don't allow for exceptions, even for rape or incest. Let me say that again. Some of the states don't allow for exceptions for rape or incest. This isn't some imagined horror. It's already happening. Just last week, it was reported that a 10-year-old girl was a rape victim of high. 10 years old. And she was forced to have to travel out of the state to Indiana to seek to terminate the presidency and maybe save her life. That last part is my judgment. 10 years old. 10 years old. Raped, six weeks pregnant. Already traumatized. Was forced to travel to another state. Imagine being that little girl. Just, I'm, I'm serious. Just imagine being that little girl. Ten years old. Does anyone believe that this Ohio's majority view that that should not be able to be dealt with? Or in any other state in the nation? A ten-year-old girl should be forced to give birth to a rapist's child? I can tell you what I don't. I can't think of anything as much more extreme. Of course, this has already been received by Republicans in Congress as a green light to go further and pass a national ban. A national ban. Remember what they're saying. They're saying there's no right to privacy, so therefore it's not protected by the Constitution. So left up to the states and the Congress, what they want to do. And now my Republican friends are talking about getting the Congress to pass a national ban in the extreme positions that they're taking in some of these states. That will mean the right to choose will be illegal nationwide. If, in fact, they succeed. Live right now on this Friday. Let me tell you something. As long as I'm president, it won't happen. Because I'll veto it. So the choice is clear. If you want to change the circumstance for women and even little girls in this country, please go out and vote. When tens of millions of women vote this year, they won't be alone. Millions and millions of men will be taking up the fight alongside them to restore the right to choose and the broader right to privacy in this nation, which they denied existed. And the challenge from the court to the American women and men, this is a nation. The challenge is go out and vote. Well, for God's sake, there's an election in November. Vote, 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 vote. Consider the challenge accepted, court. But in the meantime, I'm signing this important executive order. I'm asking the Justice Department that much like they did in the civil rights era, to do something, do everything in their power to protect these women seeking to invoke their rights. In states where clinics are still open, to protect them from intimidation, to protect the right of women to travel from state that prohibits seeking medical attention that she needs to a state to provide that care. To protect the woman's right to the FDA-approved, Federal Drug Administration-approved medication that's been available for over 20 years. The executive order provides safeguards to access care. A patient comes into an emergency room in any state in the union. She's expressing and experiencing life-threatening miscarriage. 
But the doctor is going to be so concerned about being criminalized for treating her, they delayed treatment to call the hospital lawyer who's concerned the hospital would be penalized if a doctor provides a life-saving care. It's outrageous. I don't care what your position is. It's outrageous. And it's dangerous. That's why this executive order directs the Department of Health and Human Services, HHS, to ensure all patients, including pregnant women and girls, experience pregnant, experiencing pregnancy loss, get emergency care they need under federal law, and that doctors have the clear guidance on their own responsibilities and protections, no matter what the state, no matter what state they're in. The executive order protects access to contraceptions that I'm about to sign. Justice Thomas himself said that under the reasoning of this decision, this is what Justice Thomas said in his concurring opinion, that the court should reconsider the constitutional right to contraception, to use contraception, even among married couples. In what century? Hey. There used to be a case called Connecticut version. Griswold, which was declared unconstitutional in the late 60s, it said a married couple in the privacy of their bedroom could not decide to use contraception. Right now, in all 50 states in the District of Columbia, the Affordable Care Act guarantees insurance coverage for women's health services, including, including free birth control. The executive order directs HHS to identify ways to expand access to reproductive health services, like IUDs, birth control pills, emergency contraception. And equally important, this executive order protects patient privacy and access to information, which looking at the press assembled before me, probably know more about it than I do. I'm not a tech guy, I'm learning. But right now, when you use a search engine or the app on your phone, Companies collect your data. They sell it to other companies. And they even share it with law enforcement. There's an increasing concern that extremist governors and others will try to get that data off of your phone, which is out there in the ether, to find what you're seeking, where you're going, and what you're doing with regard to your health care. Talk about no privacy. No privacy in the Constitution. There's no privacy. Period. This executive order asks the FTC to crack down on data brokers that sell private information to extreme groups, or in my view, sell private information to anybody. It provides private health information. It protects private health information in states with extreme laws. The executive order strengthens coordination at a federal level. It establishes a task force led by the White House Department and the Department of Human Services, focused specifically on using every federal tool available to protect access to reproductive health care. You know, let me close with this. The court and its allies are committed to moving America backwards with fewer rights, less autonomy, and politicians invading their most personal decisions. Remember the reason of the decision has an impact much beyond Roe and the right to privacy generally. Marriage equality, contraception, there's so much more is at risk. This decision affects everyone, unrelated to choice, beyond choice. 
We cannot allow an out-of-control Supreme Court working in conjunction with extremist elements of the Republican Party to take away freedoms and our personal autonomy. The choice we face as a nation between the mainstream and the extreme, between moving forward and moving backwards, between allowing politicians to enter the most personal parts of our lives and protecting the right of privacy. Yes. Yes. Embedded in our Constitution. This is a choice. This is a moment. The moment. The moment to restore the rights that have been taken away from us. And the moment to protect our nation from the extremist agenda that is antithetical to everything we believe as Americans. Now I'm going to sign this executive order. Folks, again, this is uh, President Biden live at the White House. It's quite a speech that he's making on this Friday. Again, you're listening to the John Cicero Show. Uh, we're also on Facebook Live. It's AM 1580, 99.9 FM. We're going to save with this. Um, lot of lot of information coming out there. A lot of misinformation coming out there, obviously. But we're going to stay with this. It's Friday right now. It's 12.22. This is uh, happening in real time. We are live. Let's see if he answers those questions. The uh, Prime Minister, former Prime Minister of Japan. Let me, uh, I, uh, I tried to put a call in to, uh, to the present Prime Minister. Uh, and uh, he was very late there at night. I'll be talking there in the morning. I'm going to be stopping to sign the condolence book of the Japanese embassy in the way the CIA. Um, <clears throat> this hasn't happened in Japan in decades and decades. I'm told all the way back to the late 30s and mid-30s. And it's a homemade weapon. I've only seen a photograph of it. The Justice Department is going to be going in and getting more detail later as they find out the detail. But um, the fact is that uh, one thing did strike my, get my attention, that this is the first use of a weapon to murder someone in, the, in Japan. And I think we have thus far have 3,000, I won't hold me to the number, 688 or, I mean, between three and 4,000 cases. They won. 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 And so uh, um, we're going to learn more about, as time goes on, about motive, about you know, the whole. But Japan, Fumio, the present prime minister, is a very solid guy. Japan is a very, very stable ally, and uh, we, uh, I, I do not believe it's likely to have, but I don't know yet, likely to have any profound destabilizing impact on Japanese security or Japanese uh, solidarity. Thank you all so much. Folks, again, that is uh, President Biden. It's with uh, Vice President Harris. And you've been uh, listening to that live coverage right here on the John DePietro Show. So we'll have a, a recap on that. Folks, it is major. I recognize. Good afternoon, one and all. Uh, nothing clear chases away. Look at the, please share on Facebook. Nothing. Folks, I can't, Juan does not control the news. 
Um, I can't control it. It's the president of the United States. It is a big story. Um, it's happening live. I feel an obligation to carry it. I apologize. I can see the numbers dwindle on FB Live, but, you know, that's just the, the nature of, of, of the business and, um, and how it goes. So let's um, reset again. You heard him. A lot of misinformation there. This, this whole business of, of uh, th- 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 it's hard to get away from. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to get away from the fact that he's, he's trying to do something desperately to save the party for the midterms. I repeat, it's it's actually it's impossible. It's not even hard to get away from. It's impossible to distinguish the difference of of basically him doing anything to try to get people um, in order to to vote on that. And you know, as far as the example he gave, I um, again let, let let me let me reset and then we'll talk on I wasn't going to talk about this and I don't plan on talking a lot about it and I'll I'll tell you why cuz it's it's basically a decided issue um it's not an issue we dwell on a lot because there's there's no movement on it and there's there's local stories that we are going to update you and bring you up to speed on but this portion of the program for, on this Friday folks and listen it's going to be a nice weekend um I just want to check the Forecast and again to reset for everybody. It's twelve twenty-seven. It is Juan. It's the John DePietro show. It's AM thirteen eighty nine oh nine point nine FM. So it's going to be cloudy for the rest of the afternoon. And tomorrow uh, looks like it's not going to be a bad day. It's not going to rain, but kind of a cloudy day. And then Sunday and Monday and Tuesday look fantastic. So anyone that's uh, off on vacation next week, it looks like you picked the right week. And plus, it's it's going to really start to warm up, which means. Um, this is a perfect time to visit PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Stop it and see them, folks. They're having a great season. I'm not surprised. I'm happy for them. I support them. I want you to support them. Full-scale nursery, everything you need. Make your home a showpiece. Annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They're located 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown, right off of Route 4. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch moss baskets, hanging patients, large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, tropical mandevillas, screen loom and mulch are available, mulch, dark piney, black, hemlock, crushed stone, full-scale nursery. And gift certificates are available. They're open seven days a week. Look for them on Facebook. Folks, it's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Now, the website. DePetro.com is doing record volume, meaning unbelievable visitors. We get updates. You know, everything is measurable. Um, and Google is obviously measurable. And if you if you log on at the website, DePetro.com, you're going to see why. And I want to thank someone sent me a nice message saying, boy, the content you have on that. It's, it's not your imagination, folks. It's, it's different than anything else that is that is out there. Um, we do have a Cumberland police update on the murder investigation. Now, this has to do with the couple, and I want to be really clear about that. Um, and especially, I recognize the radio audience. I mean, we're booming right now into Cumberland. I am, I, I'm going to say this. Listen, it, it, I, I don't know if I even need to say this, but it is certainly not my intention to hurt the family that I'm sure, family and friends of the couple, the Hewards that Eric and Courtney Hoard that 
were found dead in their home. It is, it is obviously, it is certainly not my intention to any way harm that couple. But I am following the lead. I spoke to Cumberland Police this morning. And I have it on the website of what they told me. By the way, I want to commend the Cumberland Police. I like the chief there. I don't know a lot of the Cumberland Police officers. I'm getting to know some of the Cumberland Police officers. Um, I fully... I want to be really clear. I fully recognize the sensitivity with this story. They were found shot dead in their home. This is all on the website, petro.com. By the way, spoiler alert, we're the only ones that have the blanking story. June 22nd. Now, I received an email or a Facebook message, whatever, some kind of a message on one of the apps. Why are you even talking about this? There's three children involved. The police said it was a murder-suicide timeout. That is completely false. I am following the investigation of the police. And the Cumberland police told me this morning that they are waiting for lab results. It could take weeks. They don't expect to have a final update conclusion on this investigation until August. Now, I'm not going to go into, you know, there are some people that don't follow the news. There are some people that just, I I don't know what, you know, stop talking about that. You shouldn't even be talking. It's an open investigation. It's unusual. The wake and the funeral were held jointly. So what? What is that? Well, that means normally (coughs) when I have covered these stories (coughs) and I recognize fully that this is a sensitive topic because there's three children involved and the families. I get that. But when I have covered these stories, if there is that type of situation of a murder-suicide, meaning one person kills another person and then takes their own life, traditionally, not always, but 90% of the time, they then have separate wakes and separate funerals because the, the family member The family of the person killed wants nothing to do with the person that took their life. In this particular case, as it's been reported, they had a joint wake and a joint funeral. So what does that mean? All right, listen, you could argue, want to make it easier on the children, on the family, don't want to go through it twice. I get that. Totally get that. But if, in fact, it was one Part one cup, one of the couple, the parents taking the life of the other and then taking their own life. There's certainly an argument to be made that that parents' family would want a separate wake and funeral. I, no one. So what? Are you, I'm not. I'm just saying. It's just now. The police also in Cumberland, and again, folks, good afternoon. I fully get, you know, don't hold your breath on Channel 10, 12, and the rest of them doing anything about this story, right? We don't react to the news. We, we, we follow news that I think that there's something there. Um, the police did say that there are some crazy something to the effect of there's a lot of crazy rumors floating around. But they they hope to have a conclusion on the investigation sometime in August. So, now listen, 
I'll admit, number one, I, I give them credit. Did they tell me anything beyond that? No, I'm sharing everything that they said. Someone, someone could say, well, there's not, there's not a lot of new information. Uh, actually, there is. Actually, there is. Traditionally, traditionally isn't the right word. Normally, um, normally in a case like this, it's a pretty quick investigation. Not August. Now, listen, I, I want to be very clear. I have a selfish reason. I'm trying to plan out my afternoon, trying to make plans for next week. If they said, well... You know, uh, we may have an update for the end of the day. Well, then that, you know, that changes my plan. So I admit, I, I, I would like to know. Part of it's for planning reasons, whatever it may be. I have a feeling that this could be more of a press briefing than just a press release sent out. And I'm not speaking on behalf of the Cumberland police. They have not commented. Who owned the gun? They have not said anything. What type of gun was it? I have not heard that reported. Were there other prints found on the gun? That's floating out there. That is definitely floating out there. Have not heard that from the police. What are the police saying? The police are saying what I just said. Is that it is several weeks away, most likely into August, they're going to get all the test results back. From what I understand, the Cumberland police have done, I think the state police aided them with this, I think. But I believe... They've done everything that they needed to do, and now they're waiting for results to come back from the lab. Um, But I want to be very clear that the Cumberland police have not deemed this. Again, I fully get the sensitivity with this. I, I absolutely do. But they have not. But I also, I just have this thing about people that put out misinformation. You know, like these people, they're so blanking adamant contacting me. Why are you even talking about this story? The police said it was a murder. No, the police did not say that. We're dealing in facts. And I am following the police. Listen, if the Cumberland police said, let me be very clear about this at 1235. If the Cumberland police said, listen, this is our investigation. Here's what it showed. Case closed. There's no more reason for any element of an investigation on that. Boom, that's good enough for me. I have no intention of getting into the fact. But they didn't say that. You know, when, when we are following these stories, you, you have to go with what they say. But they also have to say what they don't say. And they're not saying, move along, nothing to see here. Now, they're not saying anything, actually. I don't want to commend them for that. And people are sending me a lot of different information that I'm withholding. There were three children found in that home that are alive. I am well aware of that. And this is an unusual story. This is, by the way, this is a national story. This is an international story. So where does that leave us? Still working on it. Still working on it. I'm talking to a lot of people behind the scenes. I thought I almost had someone last night that was going to come on. And at the last minute, they... Decided they did not want to, didn't feel comfortable. Did I push? No. Did I name them? No. Did I say, well, this is what they were going to say? Absolutely not. Of course, I fully get that. That's a nice neighborhood. Um, And good afternoon to everyone in Cumberland. It's a nice town. I'm not trying to do anything remotely close to that. But when the police tell me, here's what happened, it's a closed investigation, then... That's how we'll treat it.
you know? But it's kind of like, and, and let me just leave you with this. Listen, where would I, everybody approaches it differently. Channel 12, they're not digging into this. What? Who's the reporter? The reporter's a 25-year-old kid from out of town. They sent up there that day, and that's the end of it. We, how do we do things with the John DePietro show? Let me explain. I know we have a lot of new people. We play to the whistle. We play to the whistle. Not until then. We play to the whistle. I, I agree in the very beginning. I was falling under people. They're like, hey, nothing to see here. I get that. But we play to the whistle. And I know that that's a term, really, from basketball and football and even for soccer. You keep playing until the ref blows the whistle. Hockey as well. Till then, it's an open investigation. So just to sum up, when the Cumberland police tell me the investigation is complete, this was the result. Now, if there's an arrest, that becomes a different story. They have not named anyone a suspect. But I, I'm, I'm not, I, I just, I don't for the life of me understand these people that it just like go away. I also want to point something out, by the way. Now, on the website, Petro.com, how about the fact, how come the media is not saying we have the video of Seth Magaziner? Telling the media, and you're going to help me defeat Mayor Fung. Really? That's an interesting way that he thinks of the media as they're scrambling. We also have endless stuff on um, Senator Tierra Mack that Tucker Carlson had trick last night. Third night in a row. Does a story on State Senator Tierra Mack. Channel 12, nothing on the story. Providence Journal, nothing on the story. If you haven't seen, people love the video, the staff at Petro.com has gone into overdrive with the memes, the Jaws video and everything else. But I also want to draw your attention. You know, it is. I want to be very clear that is, it is not my intention. I have a lot of friends in law enforcement. I am a big supporter of law enforcement. I'll even go a step farther. I am biased with my support of law enforcement. But you can't deny the Rhode Island State Police is not the Rhode Island State Police that we used to know. I mean, it's just not. I mean, this to me, and no one else will tell you this, this is embarrassing what happened today. You go to petro.com wild fight night at the State House. It was the title they came up with. <laughs> we have the uh, summer barbecue coming up. For this staff at uh, DePetro.com. And what do I see on DePetro.com? Now, this was posted June 26th. So, and again, folks, I, I, I don't care. I mean, I, I get that the rest of the media, they don't like this. But June 26th was a, a Sunday. So what does that tell you? It tells you that we go seven days a week. But the rally at the State House was, was two weeks ago. It was June 24th. Was when the officer Lugo got arrested, uh, you know, got in trouble with the fight. So then you go June 1st, July 1st is one week. July 8th, which is today, is week two weeks. I'm going to go to petro.com. It's June 26th. Two weeks ago. I have photos. Huh. There seems to be someone in a green Adidas blanking outfit that I highlight. That is throwing all the punches. We, we posted this. No one else in the media posted these photos. There he is. Throwing all the punches. <coughs> that started the fight. That then Lugo gets involved. Two weeks ago. 
I, I, I am still stunned. Would this have happened under Colonel Stone? No way. Would this have happened under Brendan Darty? No chance. Would this have happened under Colonel O'Donnell? Nope. Perry? No. Culhane? No. Rhode Island State Police today posting. Do you know this person? Huh. Let us know. Call. Wow. That would seem to be the person that we posted two blanking weeks ago on thepetro.com. What has happened? Hey, listen, folks, it's all, I'll take it. It's all to our advantage. You know, it's one thing when we are like way ahead of the rest of the media. I have to admit, one of the staff on thepetro.com said, you know, this, this is, it's one thing that we beat the rest of the media. And I'm not talking about Granham and Fat Allen and Park Boy, forget about it. I mean, the show is over. But when we're starting to be two weeks ahead of the Rhode Island State Police, now we've gone to another level. Do you know this person? And now the rest of the media, they're all following. Oh, the state police have, I, I, I'm not even, someone on DePetro.com said, you know, one, you should feel great. I, I actually don't feel great about it. I'm actually like, what, what is happening? Why do we have this so far? Channel 12, state police looking to ID person of interest from abortion. Why are we like, what? Our investigation of the incident is ongoing. We're asking members of the public, look at these pictures, see if the individual looks familiar. Colonel Darnell Weaver, the Rhode Island State Police, and then they released those photos. I, I mean, you have got to, is, is, I, please don't say it's because of summer vacation. I, um, wow, huh. I mean, I, I guess it's a good a Providence police officer accused of pleads not guilty, and then Rhode Island State Police search for a man who attended the rally. Yeah, we had it up two blanking weeks ago. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, that is the latest on the. Um, that is the latest on the um, Cumberland investigation, and that's also the latest on that. I'm going to talk about the Senator Mac thing in in just a moment, and I also realize, folks, sometimes I do speak in shorthand. The. Um, I'll say this about, well, let me stay on schedule here. Wow, 1244. All right, Juan's way behind. All right, it's going to be very hot next week. Okay, what time is it? It's 1244. Good afternoon, one and all. Everybody tuning in also. Good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. We are doing, um, thank you for the stars, by the way. On, on Facebook, that's your way of like applause, sending a tip is when you can send stars during our, our live stream. And we certainly appreciate it. It's going to be warm next week. And so, why not right now, and I mean right now, drive to Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield, and get a new air conditioner. Listen, I like these guys. It's a family business. They've been in business since 63. You get to shop local. They have great inventory, great selection, kitchen laundry appliances, beautiful cooking showroom. God bless me. Uh, that's what happens when you're doing cheap blow at Lupo's till 2 a.m. 
Folks, stop. I am joking. I am joking. I recognize I shouldn't throw out a joke like that in the middle of a one of our great sponsors. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. You deal directly with the owner. They will match or beat any package deal. What I'm saying, listen, there's still a long way to go. I grill out all year long. They have a great selection of grills, but you need an air conditioner. You need an air conditioner. You're about to really need an air conditioner. And they have air conditioners for windows, built-in walls for senior apartments or condos, washers, dryers, dish, dishwashers, refrigerators. Now, listen, if, if you're thinking of buying an appliance, I need you to stop by and see them. Jay's Broadway Appliance. They're open right now. Right now. 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield, right down the street from the Apple Valley Mall, near the Thirsty Beaver in Smithfield. Call them 401-949-7800. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. Well, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. This portion of our program is brought to you by Centerdale Revival. It's going to be a big night, a big weekend. I love it there. I often pop in on a Friday night. I don't know. I may be there tonight. 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. Delicious food, drink, Shane. They run a great operation right next door, Stella Suites, right across from North Providence Town Hall. I am asking you to visit and see Shane at Centerdale Revival. Now, as far as um, Senator Mack, now, um, I, everyone loves the, the Jaws stuff. And again, if you go to the website, petro.com, it's endless. But I get that not everybody gets certain things. One of the stories, I mean, listen. There's bias in the media, and then there's there's bias in the media. And if anyone hasn't figured that out, and I know a lot of people talk about CNN and MSNBC, I, I think people need to wake up to some of the bias that goes on locally. And I don't mind pointing it out to people. I know, I'll say this, listen, there's a lot of people in the media that I like there's a lot of people in the media that I um, like and respect, and they put out good work. I am many times it's not a reporter; it can be an editor at a newspaper, it can be a news director. Uh, the fact that Channel 12 and the Providence Journal are not reporting on the twerking senator upside down—that story has rocketed, gone national. Um, the fact when they don't report on it, it shows a bias. But then you also have to look at sometimes the story that they cover. For instance, in the Boston Globe, white Warwick Senate candidate wore blackface in 2009. And he apologizes. Michael Correo. Now, I don't know him. I think he's a Warwick firefighter or union person. He said, I made a mistake. They have a photo of him. He went to some party dressed as James Brown. Someone had a photo of it. And his opponent is the woman, Jennifer Rourke, who, who Lugo slapped or whatever at the state house. Now, listen to her quote. This behavior should be disqualifying for anyone seeking a position of leadership. That is quite a statement. Disqualifying. White West Warwick Senate candidate wore blackface, apologizes. He is the president of the Warwick Firefighters Union. He filed paperwork to run for that seat. Um, 
contains a photo, July 19th. So, I mean, this sounds like a total idiot. So he actually left up a photo of him wearing blackface from 2009, black makeup, black wig, dark sunglasses. So he responds, this is, I was attended a singer as James Brown or party, I should say. Uh, I made a mistake. So now, first of all, I, I mean, it is kind of comical. The guy leaves it up on his Facebook page. But, but his opponent, here's what she's saying, also criticized him for he liked a, a, a Tucker Carlson Facebook page. So they're going through everything. But the picture of this uh, in blackface should be disqualifying. He should withdraw and also resign his leadership position of the firefighters union. Now, listen, that said, notice they didn't have a problem with the fact that he was in the, the firefighters union with the photo. Suddenly, they want to run interference. The media goes after him because he's going to challenge one of the progressive darlings in Jennifer Rourke. But that comment, the fact that he wore blackface is disqualifying. Well, I'll say this. If you want to go down that road, well, then why is it that some people could wear blackface to a party and the media looks the other way and other people wear blackface to a party and then suddenly they post it and make a big deal of it and go with that quote with no pushback of disqualifying? Hey, listen, I don't. I've never worn blackface. Uh, I have done, let's see, I dressed up um, as Cianci for a Halloween party. Mayor Cianci, rest in peace one time. I had a, a jacket that had stains on the back of it. I had a black uh, wig. Um, another time, I think I actually went as Frank Correnti. I was in an orange jumpsuit. Um, but I've never worn black. My point is, okay. So that's disqualifying. What about members of the media? That there are pictures floating around of them in blackface. Hey, Justin Trudeau in Canada, this picture of him in a blackface. Ralph Natham, the former governor of, of Virginia. It still wasn't clear. There was a photo of someone in a, in a Klan outfit and then someone in blackface. And we still aren't sure which one he was in that. <clears throat> My point is. I have no problem if you want to enforce that. And if the media wants to carry that narrative, that if someone ever wore blackface to a party, who else? I think Jimmy Kimmel, famous. He was doing sketches as uh, Stern, Howard Stern now, who's become a darling. He did stuff. I think he was pretending he was Whoopi Goldberg. Stern had, had outfits in blackface. The problem comes in when they use it as a weapon when they want to. When the progressives use it, if you want to go after anyone that did that, it's disqualifying, then what does that mean? So should Jimmy Kimmel be canceled? Should Justin Trudeau, should he resign of Canada? Where where people, and I think rightfully so, get upset is when they they decide when it's disqualifying. So I'm anxious to see. I don't know where that story is going to go. I don't. Um, but the fact that the globe is paying that kind of attention to it, Ed Fitzpatrick, I'm just I'm anxious to see if he's going to 
follow up with other stories or he's only doing it because of the political nature of the race, which might be the point. Folks, this part of the program, if you go to the website to Petro.com, which again, we, we, it is true, we have a lot of good content there. Um, you're also going to see we have all our sponsors there. And one of the sponsors we have, and they're terrific, and we've gotten great feedback of people that love their store. And it is um, Home Again Consignment. It's right on petro.com, right on Brood Awakenings. And you click on that and you get a link right to Home Again Consignment. And John that runs it there is so fantastic. It's worth popping in. They're open Tuesday through Saturday from 10 to 5. It's worth the ride. They're in the Governor Francis Shopping Center. Fine furniture, art, antique, glassware, jewelry. They don't take anything that has um, animal fur or here or anything smoke a smoker. Buy, sell. They also do estate sales. Home again consignment. You know, there are people that go there every single week, and I'm not surprised. And uh, pop in and, and say hello to John. He is terrific, and he's a, a new sponsor of the program. We certainly appreciate his uh, sponsorship. Someone else, folks, I want to draw attention to is J. Perry Paving. They are just fantastic. Free estimate, any project. You know, a lot of people, because of the high price of gas, people are not traveling. People are not selling their homes or moving. People are staying put. J. Perry Paving, residential, commercial, seal coating patios, high quality, fair pricing, 20 years experience, free estimate for you or your home, well, your home, obviously, or business, 401-732-1730. Yeah, have your home call, 401-732-1730, letter J, J. Perry Paving, licensed, contracting company, no matter how big or how small, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway. Call them for a free quote. And folks, as I tell you, there's no one better veterans than J. Perry Paving. I think just either this week or last week, again, for the bubble, they were uh, paving the driveway of a veteran. So if you're a grandfather, grandmother, father, husband, wife, uncle, boyfriend, girlfriend, call them. And, I mean, they don't do it free for everybody, but they'll give you the best deal possible for veterans. 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's the John DePietro Show on uh, AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can listen online on Facebook. We will be doing One After Dark later. Uh, and then also tomorrow, very busy day, I'll be on Newsmax tomorrow doing commentary during the... Um, during the Trump rally, President Trump is having a, a rally tomorrow night. You know, it's interesting. 2024, folks, after the midterms, things are already starting to uh, heat up. And um, I did notice that, uh, and I did put this out on social media. So Governor DeSantis, the governor of Florida, he's having a big fundraiser for him in, I think in Utah. Yeah. DeSantis is planning a Utah fundraiser with mega donors. So it certainly seems that there's going to be a, um, that there's going to be a Republican primary. Uh, and then there's still a lot of headlines. We'll talk about it a little bit next hour. IRS targeted Trump's political enemies with audits. Um, they're still going after him. Uh, President Trump shows off a new 757. Um, let's see. Herschel Walker lied to own campaign about secret children. We're in the world as Dr. Oz. Um, 
so Governor DeSantis, the governor of Florida, may wave of social media ads may signal a White House run. And then so you have he's jumping out. I think it's interesting that Howard Kurtz of Fox News is saying that the media is turning against both President Trump and Biden. Listen, President Trump is doing a rally tomorrow night. And I I don't know how you watch. Watch the large crowd. They will carry it on Newsmax. So we'll be part of it, that um, coverage. Um and then I'm also saying Putin is warning Ukraine we barely started. He is just demented. He really is. But, you know, I don't know. This is why we're going to have to watch and wait how this plays out. Uh, right now, I think it's a distraction. I want to repeat what I, I said. Anyone that is going to say that about Mayor Fung or gubernatorial hopeful uh, Ashley Kalis, that they need to answer who they're voting for in 2024, um, if, if that is the case, how come, then why isn't Governor McKee and others being asked, you know, what, what did you think of Senator Mack? I'm not going to go through the whole thing. We have a lot of video on it. There's memes. Um, she now, you know, took her a couple days. She's got her talking points down. She meant to do that. She's doing this to raise her profile. It's all, I, I don't believe any of that. You know, she also, Senator Mack, she put out on social media, I'm getting death threats that it's all about raising money for her. It's all about playing the victim for her. I talked to the Rhode Island State Police. She hasn't filed any police charges. So she's a public official. If you threaten a public official, the penalty is much worse than if you just threaten a, you know, a regular individual. Um, so she posts, oh, you know, I, 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 I'm receiving death threats. So donate to me. But if that's the case, how come she hasn't filed a police report with the Rhode Island State Police? Oh, that's right. She wants to defund the police. Folks, this portion of the program, again, check out the website, tweetro.com. Brought to you by Brood Awakenings. We're going to an event coming up at the work location. Remember, work location, Bald Hill Road, also in Johnston, and then the, the uh, Cranston location. Stop and see them. Right now, you could pop in for lunch. We have an event coming up. We're going to do a Facebook Live there coming up next week at the Brood Awakenings in Warwick. But stop in right now. They have the drive through in Johnston and also the drive through in Warwick. All right, we're coming up to the 1 o'clock news. Next hour is radio only, AM 1380, 99.9 FM, or you can listen on the website to petro.com. We're going to break for the one o'clock news. Latest now on the Prime Minister of Japan, former Prime Minister, also President Biden, our head on the John DePetro show.